Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. Yo, what's up, everybody? Tyler Cash here. This is the Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast coming at you from Las Vegas, Nevada, out here in the desert, enjoying a celebratory drink because the St. Louis Blues just uh, forced a game six against the Colorado Avalanche. How are we feeling, our resident St. Louis Blues fan, Tommy Goff? I mean, you're the one wearing the Twister shirt. And, yeah, so you know, I had celebrating to, with the drink. I don't know who's the big fan here or not. I had to I had to break it out. Look at how classic this is. That's, Come on. That's sick. I, I respect it. Yeah, D-pop coming in clutch. It. But how, how are you feeling after that game, bud? Uh, blues have no business going to a game six. None at all. That That's my take. They, well, elaborate. Elaborate the, uh, here. Avalanche, I think they're going to learn from it. The Avalanche sat back on a three-goal lead in the third. It's the only reason the Blues are in this game. only reason the Blues are able to tie it up, even with the McKinnon. And it's funny with the McKinnon hat trick, sick goal. I can't take that away from him. My immediate thought was, it's a terrible goal to score. Like, people are like, what do you mean? Took the lead with like two and a half minutes left. And it's like, you have all the momentum. And now it's just neutral with a five-minute delay to get a hat trick right. while Barube just probably lays into the boys. And what happens? Minute and a half later, basically, tie game. Robert again, Thomas. Again, Colorado decides to sit back and not be aggressive like they have been in these other situations. Landis Gog could have easily shot that puck and risked an icing to ice that. He had a clear lane, didn't do it. Blues are lucky. To have us a game six, in my opinion. Am I happy there, to have a game six? Absolutely. Very lucky to be there. I feel like lucky is the right word for this game, but it's hard to think that this might not jolt them and give them a little bit more life to come out swinging harder in that game six. Like we thought they were going to tonight. Obviously, they were down three to three oh going into what was the that? Third. The third. Yeah. Yeah. End yeah. of the second. End of the second, they scored yeah. that first goal. Yeah. Um very surprised. I actually was at the bar watching it with some buds and I was like, fuck this. I'm tired. I'm going home. Like I'm not even going to invest any more time or energy in this. Um, yeah. Love to see it though. I mean, not a big Nathan McKinnon fan. Those that have listened to our podcast before or follow me on social media know that much, but that was an insane, insane goal. He just basically said, fuck this. I'm tired of it. It reminded me of this, uh, the end of the season interview last year where he's like, I haven't won shit. It's been nine years. Like I'm over this. Exactly. He went coast to coast and fucking roofed it. Top titties on fucking Huso, who would didn't even realize he was probably in the zone at that point, honestly. Um, you know, and that that's my main concern. Huso looks like shit. Yeah. I know he, he had some key saves and he wasn't getting a lot of help from the blues at all, but he just looks shaken. Like he, he's not been this far ever in the postseason, So he's got every reason to look nervous. Right. But um, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's take it back. Let's talk a little bit. So uh, if you're a hockey fan, you obviously know that it's three to two right now in the series for the Colorado avalanche over the St. Louis blues last game, Nazem Kadri. No, it was two games ago where yeah. he ran Bennington. Um, what's your yeah. take on that? Do you think there was any intent? Uh, you know, by now you guys have probably seen the clip, but basically take me through what happened. And, and do you think there was any ill intent with that? Yeah. I mean, it was basically Bennington goes to make a save. Puck ends up loose in front of him. Callie Rosen, who's defenseman and Azam Kadri just go to the net bump and they both go into Bennington. 
I mean, it's hard to say. I think I think on Twitter I saw Tim Peel put it best. Like Nazem Kadri is a very smart hockey player. He knows what he wants to do there. Like, yeah, battle for the puck and I hit the goalie. Great. You know, see what happens. Like, it's not my fault. And that's kind of what happens. I mean, obviously in real time, it's hard to think that fast, but at the same time, like puck in front of the net, anything can happen, anything goes really at that point. And I mean, the only thing that just kind of throws me off with that is just like, oh, I got pushed into the goalie. And it's like, no. who, who the fuck pushed you? Right. Like, like, well, like, like I, I he was know. on the inside. He was on the inside of that play. Like there was no shoving. Well, it was just, like, they were battling well, for the puck. Well, he was, he was, mean, he, was, was no he, was on, he was on the outside. Rosen was that's on a, the inside. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah like and, he wasn't. He wasn't in front of Rosen. It wasn't like a cross check from behind or any sort of like crazy, you know, shoving match going up to that. He just didn't let up the, the gas. He yeah. didn't, you know, he didn't throw the brakes on, which is what anyone would do if they're not trying to hurt anybody in the process. And if it were anybody else but Kadri, I this is where I will play devil's advocate. People probably would have given it more of a pass. They would have been like, okay, like shit happens. But considering Kadri has had six suspensions, multiple in the postseason. One could argue he even cost the Avs the series last year against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's hard not to think that he didn't mean, you know, a little bit of what happened, especially with how he, like, led in. That was my thing. His shoulder kind of flies into Bennington. And, um, yeah, I mean, but you know what? It happened. You know, Huso was the one that started the postseason, so you got to hope that you could turn to him. And so far he's been looking shaky at best. But let, let's talk a little bit about what happened after that game. So Bennington got on his knees after the collision. You could tell he tried. He was really amped up going side to side. And then when he was going down, I believe on his right side, his his knee was bothering him. Yeah, Excuse me. I, I think I think it was his left. That was actually left. When it's messed up. But still, yeah, it's just you're not playing when you see that. No yeah, way. he got he looked like he was visibly pissed, like mad uh, that he was injured, not that he was disappointed or even in pain. He was just, fuck, I can't physically move like I need to, to be able to compete. So he went off the ice. Obviously everyone has seen what has been going on through social media and what went down after that. They're calling it water bottles, uh, water bottle gate. And, um, you know, he, he, in the post game interview with Nazem Kadri, he, tossed what looked like a water bottle at his general direction. I don't think it really hit him or anything. And, and at that point, I don't think Kadri even took offense to it. He kind of laughed. He's like, yeah, I think he threw a water bottle at me knowing very well. He did throw a water bottle at him. He just didn't want to make it a big deal because it clearly didn't bother him. Like it did everybody else in the internet. But what the big problem was is fans started making burner accounts via Twitter, Instagram, and throwing racist remarks out there and that's just not acceptable and that's what escalated all of this to a much bigger level yeah i mean i think the thing that is interesting it's it's something that you know i'm sure this happens on any level playoffs or even like a heated rivalry like you know people will go to people's instagrams and say things they may or may not mean um my whole thing was like, yeah, on Twitter, I'm like, all I saw was like four or five burner accounts saying terrible things never should be said. It's fucking hockey. I don't, I don't care where the guy came from. I don't care what he's done. I don't care who, any of that. Like, game's supposed to be fun. Like, yeah, can you have some playful banter, some shit talking? Sure. But obviously there's a line to cross and to cross it. And I think the thing that you don't see, which is what Kyrie's wife posted, was all of those, you know, you get a DM 
especially as like a high profile player, just goes to your requests, right? And then just screenshotting that and everyone who goes to their requests, like, oh, they're never going to look at this. Nothing's going to come of this. But they, they, people are so dumb, they just use their real account. And then there's stuff where like people who are in fraternities, they've gotten kicked out. People who are in the Marine Corps and have it posted in their Instagram, like bio, reported to the Marine Corps. People who have basically, oh, I know when your wedding is now. Like, I uh, wonder what's going to happen that day. Like all this stuff, like anything happens there that's like negative, like granted short of like beating somebody up or hurting somebody, like I feel like they deserve it. Like get some shitty gifts for your wedding or someone fucks with, uh, who knows, right? Like yeah, you, you, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes and like people are, you know, they get what they deserve. Like there's no room for that in the world anymore. And I'm glad, like, it's a sad thing to say. I'm glad people are that dumb to do shit like that because now they have to pay the price for it. They can't hide from it anymore. I, I think that's maybe the beauty in this lesson and props to Kadri's wife for posting that and outing a few of these people because bullshit. And let me get one thing straight. I hate Nazem Kadri as a hockey player. Agreed. I don't know who he is as a guy. I have no issues with what his religion is or where his background is about. And that's how everyone should approach it. Right. I mean, you're watching this guy on the ice compete by putting a rubber puck in the net. Why do we have to go outside of that? And it's disgusting that these people feel the need to even lash out at these players and let them know how they feel regardless. Even the rate, the racism is like a whole other layer of the bullshit cake. It's just, disgusting it's it's uncalled for and uh, you know what i gotta i gotta give him kudos i think he handled it really well i i noticed going back and watching the recap from that game he didn't really sell hard when he got the hat trick yeah. he just was kind of like this is my message i'm a hockey player and i'm going to contribute to this game and my team i i just i gotta give him kudos for that yeah. i really much respect and for how he handled it yeah that post-game interview too where he's like you know i know all, he even set up perfectly i know this did this doesn't represent all the fans of St. Louis, but that hat trick for, for people who hate basically. And I was like, I can't be mad at that. And like, here's the thing, right? People want easy targets. People want easy things to say to somebody. And sadly with Nassim Kadri, I believe he's Lebanese. I could be wrong on that. It's easy to go after his race. Like same example with like Brad Marchand. He's white. Instantly, what do people go to? Oh, you're a rat. It's the easiest thing to come up with. It's the simplest thing to come up with. And Nazem Kadri, I feel like the general public don't know a lot about his background. Like, even though he's been suspended six times, people don't know a lot about his background. So it's like, oh, he's, you know, Middle Eastern descent or whatever. Like, let me go after this because it's easy. It's, it's right. quick. It, it'll hurt him or, or whatever. It's Get it's creative, stupid. though. Get creative, yeah. people. If you're going to – well, first of all, you're not in the game. Quit fucking chirping. Shut up play GM on your couch, watch the hockey game, whatever you want to fucking do. Don't be bothering these athletes in their personal lives. I don't care if they are throwing themselves out there by being on social media. Fuck that. Like leave them the fuck alone. Chirp your TV, text your friends, you get in uh, NHL chirps on, on Facebook, <laughs> do whatever you have to do to like to vent. Right. But don't be a disgusting human being to even let them know they're a bum for taking out Bennington and then let alone bringing race religion into it. And you have no idea. You have no idea what his background is. And then he's also got a family and uh, a wife that are getting death threats. It's just, it's disgusting. I, and like I said, this is coming from a fan, uh, not a fan of Nazem Kadri. And I don't really have uh, a horse in this race per se. I just not a big fan of the avalanche and originated from St. Louis, but that doesn't mean that I have any sort of take 
in, in his personal life or, or who he has as a human being. And, uh, you know, it, what comes to mind is what Ryan Reeves had to say about Tom Wilson. They're like, oh, man, you must really hate Wilson. He's like, no, like we probably would get along great. We would have a beer and get along. We're human beings. We both play a similar game. No harm, no foul. But on the ice, you know, it's a game. And people need to understand that this is just a fucking game. It has nothing to do with their lives directly, whether they're supporting their team or, or just enjoying playoff hockey. I mean, leave the guy alone. That's, that's where I'm at. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to chirp him. I, I, I sent out to tweet, you know, why the fuck is Nazem Kadri still in this league? But that has nothing to do with who he is as a person. Yeah. It's the fact that he's had six suspensions and he's hurting people and, you know, taking out goalies that I think is intentional. But at the end of the day, I'm not sliding into his DMs and, yeah. and even calling him a bum for that matter. So I, get a life. Honestly, get a life, people. Yeah, simply put, two things. One, I know we talked about it. We thought Kondry was the most suspended guy. It's actually Marshan. He's suspended Marshan. eight times. Eight times, yeah. Um, I was talking postseason, though. I brought up yeah, postseason. I think Nazem yeah. Kadri has the most postseason suspensions in all of sports. I, total, I'm pretty sure total, I saw total that. Total games, maybe for sure. I'd have to look it up. I, I think total games. I don't know about number of times, though. That'd be, that might be tied. Yeah, he had six suspensions, and then Marchand had eight, and then somebody else had – somebody else surprised me that also had eight that was tied with Marchand. Yeah. The, so, and um, I it couldn't – I yeah, it surprised me too. But, yeah, I was talking postseason. I thought he – Obviously, last year he was suspended in the postseason. I think that was the second or third time. So, um, but yeah, go on. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say, it's like exactly what you said. It's like if there was ever an off chance that I met a Nazem Kadri, I met a Tom Wilson, I met a Matt Brad Marchand in person by chance. Go up to the guy and probably just be like, hey, like you're a great hockey player. I hate that you don't play for my team. I hate that, you know, you're good at your job, but I respect you. Like, you know what I mean? It's the same kind of dynamic. If, People want to say in the moment, if you're a Blues fan, like, oh, I wouldn't want Condry on my team. You know, he's a headhunter. He just plays dirty, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, to be fair, a lot of the Blues identity, at least in their last cup run, was playing a little, little, little dirty, you know, little yeah. hits here and there, Sunquist kneel on people's heads. You know, there's there's just things. I think the Blues got two guys suspended, three guys suspended during that cup run, too. It's like that's kind of what you want on your team if they know how to control it. Like I wouldn't want Kadri on my team going into it, knowing he's, he's going to do something stupid and yeah. yeah, take himself out of the lineup. That's a different story. Maybe he's figured it out so far he has, but I mean, that's my take, you know, hate it, him on, hate him on the ice, respect him off the ice or human being like everyone else. Nazem Kadri, if he would have taken a suspension for that, the blues would have a damn good chance of actually winning the series. And that's a, really good reason why they lost to the Knights last year in five games because they didn't have one of their best players. Yeah. I mean, what did Nazem Kadri put up like 80 some odd points in the regular season? I mean, and he's lighting it up now, the hat trick. I mean, I don't even know where he's at with points in the postseason, but he's got to be, you know, contributing in a big, big, big way. Um, he's suspended or if he's injured, then who knows where they're at as far as that goes. And with that being said, I love David Prawn. I think he's an insane player. Uh, and I, I even don't blame him for the cross check that he got fined $5,000 for, but going after a guy, after he scores a goal, that's filthy too. That's just not, that's filthy in the bad way. You shouldn't be throwing your shoulder at somebody after they score a goal. I mean, I, I, to be fair, I fully expect that. 
I mean, it's a shitty thing to say, but if someone's going to score in your barn, you want to make sure you want to make them feel uncomfortable about it. Like, is the hit going to, is the intent to hit his head? Is it to bump his shoulder and knock him down? Like who knows, right? Like it didn't happen. Like you can see the intent there, but what's actually happening there, but speak to it as well. That response in game four, stupid timing. Like I tweeted about it. It's just, you go down what three nothing at that point two nothing at that point and you're like or no three one right after perunovic makes the stupidest play in a tie game to try and pinch and completely misses the puck and the guy um glad he got to lose back 12 six tonight by the way but it's just you're down two goals i get you're frustrated you're gonna have your chance to go at this guy at some point you know shen tried to squirm up early he didn't oblige so find another way to go after him. Don't put your team in a five-on-three hole and then go to a three-goal deficit. Game's over. It's, it's like I said, yeah, the Blues battled back. Game. Honestly, those two power plays the Blues got even in game four, it was not because they outworked the Avalanche. The Avalanche outworked the Blues too hard and got penalized for it. Like, that's what I saw from it. And again, they had no business being in that game either, but here we are somehow going back to St. Louis for game six. And we'll see if they wind up turning on the, the burners and, and lighting a fire under their asses for sure. Hey now, what's up goons? Tyler Cash here. And it's time to pause the podcast and chat a bit about our amazing sponsors over at Schlafly Brewing Company. Hockey and beer. Does it get any better? I don't think so. Schlafly has been brewing up some of the best beer I've ever had for many years. And it's officially that time of year for their famous Raspberry Hefeweizen. It's one of my personal favorites. Their raspberry Hefeweizen distinguishes itself among others in that it's a true fruit beer. None of this fruit flavored crap. It uses real raspberry in the brewing process. Once the fruit sugar ferments out, the aroma and flavor stay in, making this a delightful drinkable beer that's not too sweet or tart. It's refreshing and balanced with a natural hazy pink coloring. Because it's low in alcohol, it brings out a smooth dose of weediness, and it's perfect for summer. It's perfect for any time. Download the Schlafly app or visit schlafly.com to locate and devour yours today. That's S-C-H-L-A-F-L-Y dot com. Schlafly beer. Drink mo beer. This podcast is brought to you by One in a Million Handyman Services Incorporated. One in a Million is a family-run local company that's been serving the Las Vegas, Nevada area for over 15 years. They are licensed and insured throughout Clark County and travel as far as Boulder City, Henderson, Las Vegas, and North Las Vegas. One in a Million specializes in smaller home repairs, but also tackles commercial repairs. They've worked around the Strip, residential homes, commercial buildings, you name it, One in a Million has made their mark. With a 4.5 star Yelp review and countless of happy customers throughout the 15 years, you can guarantee you'll be happy with their services. All previous customers can refer an unlimited amount of friends and family for a $25 referral credit, which would come off of any future projects and or repairs if they decide to use one in a million. This offer also extends to the fourth line goon listeners. Mention this podcast and you will receive a $25 referral credit that will come off of the total cost of your repairs. 
One in a Million is open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you can find them on the web at wanandamill.com. That's J-U-A-N-I-N-A-M-I-L-L.com, or you can also find them at wan.inamill on Instagram. One in a Million Handyman Services won't let you down. Check them out. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's talk about Brady Kachuk, Battle of Alberta, two beers in his back pocket, one in his hand. Gotta love it. Uh, I threw that tweet out on the Twitter sphere, and it looked like Budweiser got their hands on it, retweeted it, signed him to uh, a deal of some sorts. So I'm not going to say I was directly responsible for this this deal, but I'm saying I, I want to cut. I want to cut, Brady. If that, uh, if, Even if that means just throw me a 30 rack, I, we'll call it even. We'll call it even. But just awesome to see just – an absolute legend, you know, watching him cheer on his brother. It's almost as entertaining as the Battle of Alberta itself. But uh, let's talk a little bit about that series. Is, is that unfolding like you would have expected it to? I mean, I don't think it was unfolded in any way that we expected it to. What the first game was six to nine, was bonkers. And then what the freaking Flames just decided to crap the bed. And even last of game four, the fluke goal from on their beyond, beyond their own blue line on the penalty kill. Oh yeah, Smith. yeah, like, that's nuts. And like Mike Smith throws his hands up, like he's like, "What the fuck?" Like his I'm defense had anything you, to do with it. It's the blue jerseys, that dark blue. You lose the puck in it. Why? Why are you not wearing orange? Look at yeah. your whole crowd. Everyone's wearing an orange jersey. Like, what are you doing? That's Those jerseys hurt my eyes, and I just watch them on TV. Yeah, but it's like you have bright orange against bright red. Like, granted, they're not going to be, you know, same jerseys against each other, but it's great. Like, why are you going dark blue? No one buys that jersey. So, I mean, yeah, series as I unfold, we expected to. Markstrom's turned into a bum. Mike Smith went from a bum to being a good goalie after game one. McDavid's being McDavid. Vander Kane decided to... I guess fuel his motivation of Matthew Gachuk asking if he wants some money, and he's like, you know what, I'll I'll show you what I need, and it's a it's a hat trick and a few more goals, I guess. But yeah, it's Oilers have a commanding lead and probably probably close it out. Uh, what tomorrow? In, in my opinion, but we'll more see. than likely, I'm with yeah. you on that. I, my hot take is the Oilers might make it all the way to the final. To be honest with you, it's very strange. Just to just to throw out some facts to to back up this asinine idea that I have that they're, they're going to go damn near all the way. Evander Kane, 15 points in 11 games, 12 of those were goals. I believe the last time that someone even did that in an entire postseason uh, has been quite some time. I think they might've said it was Sidney Crosby and it was like throughout an entire Stanley cup run. Uh, McDavid, 25 points in 11 games, dry 22 points in 11 games with three consecutive three point games. They're just, they're doing everything they need to. That ankle sprain clearly didn't hurt him that much. I mean, if yeah. they played through that in like game seven against the Kings and he just like acts like nothing's wrong. Crazy. The only thing that scares me is that's one line, right? That's their top line. And you're, we're not really seeing a lot of production from the rest of the guys. I mean, Zach Cassian's basically a ghost out there and you know, you really want him to be making an impression. And I feel like Lucic is making way more of an impression when it comes to being physical and having that physicality come to the game. Um, we're not really seeing as much physicality as we thought we would uh, being the battle of Alberta. And, you know, there's not really a lot of aggressiveness and, and bloodshed, if you will. But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think McDavid, here's my take about McDavid, right? Everyone liked to shit on Tortorella 
last year when he said he ain't going to ever win a playoff series playing the way he does. He's just not going to. And then look what he does. He fucking starts finishing his checks. Like I think it, there was one fact that there was out there that he had the most hits like in round one of, of the Oilers and shit like that. It's like, he's playing aggressive. He's putting the team on his back in big moments and shit, man. Like I said, what, 25 points in 11 games. Like he's, he's showing up when they need him to. So I think they got it. I, I have Calgary going all the way. That's what I wanted was the Rangers and Calgary in the final, but it's hard to bet against Edmonton at this point. Yeah, our pick's looking pretty dumb, I would say, yeah. on that front. Obviously, pick was done with the Panthers, too, but I was going <laughs> I, I to I say, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that McDavid, like, 11 games, had more points than when Crosby won the Cotton Smythe in, what, like, 22 games or something? Yeah. Absolute bonkers. And wasn't it just like 19 points and like eight goals or something very, yeah, yeah. something like, yeah, something, nothing like it's good. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's over four rounds. We're talking over one and a half rounds, which is bonkers, but yeah, we'll see. I, I, I also feel like with that being said, from what I've seen, people aren't playing McDavid as hard as they, I remember them doing in the playoffs too. I don't know what the reason is for that. I don't know if he's just fighting through stuff way more and not complaining, but I'm just not seeing people like hold him against the walls or smack his hands or give him a face wash or, or anything. It's just not happening to him. And he did take that really big hit. I think it was from Lucic yeah, uh, like early yeah, one, on. And he kind of like, yeah, I mean, at least that one, like pretty big hit, but he just got up and I'm pretty sure he got up and immediately scored. That was that scenario where they waved off the first goal. Yeah. And then the second time around, he just said, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. Basically like what McKinnon did tonight. Um, I, I am with you though. I, I, as I just said, I, I don't think that this is an aggressive battle of Alberta. Like we thought we were going to get in the postseason, and it's become more of a skills competition, if anything. And when you got two of the best players in the entire world on one line for this team, and you're, and you're coming down to a skills competition, there's no way players like Gaudreau and Kachuk can even hold a candle to them. The closest we got to, I feel to a true battle of Alberta was the Calgary and star series. Kachuk going at Haskinen all the time, rough stuff happening all the time. And then now, like you said, it's, I mean, it's a great to see high score and, and awesome stuff from, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, these are supposed to be two teams that don't like each other. Where, where, where are the fights? You know, there's some scrums here. There I get, you know, no one's going to Lucic for why haven't Lucic and Cassian dropped the gloves? Like, that's kind right. of what they're there for, too. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I if I could change my pick, I would. I, I think Edmonton's going to take it probably tomorrow night. Um, as you said, I'd be surprised if it goes seven. Um, we, we have a chance of, uh, of, yeah, basically going 0 for 4 and, and 1 for 3. It's looking like that to be the case with our picks. It's going to hinge on that Hurricane Ranger prediction. That's which that's that's leeway into that a little bit uh it's not in our notes but i'm i'm saying rangers and six i i, I think that they that last game okay so shashirkin has led in three goals three goals period in the last three games he is finally the goalie that we saw in the regular season he's just killing it their physicality is coming from Ryan Reeves. Dude, Reeves had a minute 46 shift out there himself. They're they're basically just leaning on their aggressiveness to just kind of knock the wind out of Carolina. And Carolina, that was supposed to be their game, right? They're like a bigger, heavier set team. And 
I feel like the Rangers are kind of beating them in their own game and allowing a little bit of wiggle room for guys like Zabinijad to light the net up. And Panarin's kind of, you know, disappeared, so he's not really contributing like you would think. But when you got Zabinijad and Kreider and you give them the puck with a bunch of space because you're you're laying out guys with, with Reeves, I mean... Yeah, Truba with the headshots every series. Yeah, dude. Tr- okay, Truba's a beast. Okay, first of all, that hit, who it was that against? Domi. It, 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 it wasn't, wasn't dirty. His fault. It wasn't his fault. No, no, no Domi was falling yeah. at, the, at, the, at the... And he was just finishing his check. But let's talk about Reeves and Domi. Apparently, word on the street is that Reeves looked at Domi like when they were exchanging that towards the end. And he said, he's like, I'm not dealing with you. Go get your dad. Go get your dad was what it was, what someone like translated out to what they were saying. They were savage. They were going back and forth and him and D'Angelo were going back and forth. Just a lot of drama, but man, I don't know that four to one victory. Shashirkin finally showing up. I I'm feeling confident. I know your you your pick was the Hurricanes, so you're gonna probably stick with that. But are you seeing any life to this Rangers team? I mean, yeah, they I didn't expect them to win both in New York the way it was going. That being said, Hurricanes are undefeated at home, and they're and they have never won on the road. They're zero yeah, seven exactly, now, right? which is not. I think they're it was zero and five going they're into o, they're it. They're zero six on the road. Or I thought it was seven. No, they're zero was... and five on the road, and then they're six and zero at home. They played eleven games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So that game is going to be exciting tomorrow night as well. Um, man, I would pay good money to watch Reeves and D'Angelo. <laughs> That's for damn sure. I, we're not going to see it, especially in the postseason. D'Angelo knows what he's doing, just getting under his skin. But Reeves is, you know, he's not the kind of guy that's going to let that affect him. And I think it's awesome that he's got that relationship with Gallant and Gallant believes in him because I would have thought by now under any other coach, on any other team, Reeves would be a healthy scratch, but he's utilizing him. He's a big body, and and I love to see it. Being a big fan of him, um, let's talk about the uh, the Panthers, though. Jesus Christ, man! The Florida Panthers, they give up all those picks for Sherratt, who did jack shit. Um, Drew had some moments, I guess, but ultimately was non-existent. Just like Barkov and all these big guys that just. I believe it was like negative 11 that they wound up exiting the postseason with. And yeah, I don't know, man, they got swept and yeah, Tampa's a good team, but Jesus, like they made them look like they were playing an AHL team. Uh, it was uh, rough to say the least. I mean, uh, I feel stupid. Do you feel, stu- I, I feel really dumb having picked them. Cause like, uh, I'm just like, how do you bet against Vasilevsky? The dude's I'm, a fucking mutant. I mean, yeah. If you can get him to an elimination game, no doubt. I, like my, my whole take was, get the basically the best power play in the NHL and you got nothing going in round one. Surely you can get it going in round two. They scored a one. I think they went 0 and 28. Yeah. Uh, over 23, 28, something like that. Pathetic, yeah. pathetic showing. And like you said, yeah, Sharap, you know, he's not an offensive guy, but being a two-way guy, or even defensive guy just wasn't what they needed. But I mean, to be fair, Game Four was kind of a shit show. I mean, they had, they, oh yeah, let's the, talk about that. Holy the fa- shit! The two- fact that it was two nothing win at the end, when it should have been four nothing. You get well, I take that back. Three nothing. I mean, the puck out of play is one thing, and then what the offsides or was it goalie interference in the second one? Which either way, is balls in the coach to challenge both those and win them, and then you still lose. Granted, you basically threw the fucking kitchen sink at Vasilevsky. Forty nine shots, couldn't get one to go, and of course, Blues legends 
St. Louis legend Pat Maroon game winning goal, just like he always seems to do in the second round. It's he's so clutch. Bonkers. It's bonkers. stupid. And it was a greasy fucking goal, too, where he's right there in the blue paint, just kind of reaches around to tap it past Bobrovsky. Just insanity. And you know what? Hats off to Bobrovsky. I'm pretty sure I was, I was uh, ripping him a new one last episode or the one before that, just because he wasn't, he was showing that he didn't really have the playoff experience to carry a team. But in this, in this situation, it was just the guys in front of them. They were doing absolutely nothing. Um, but yeah, very disappointing to see the battle of Florida. I know that it was on my list of things I wanted to see along with the battle of Alberta. Both those things are kind of being letdowns. We're getting more surprises from these others matchups. Um, yeah, let's go into the questions uh, before we wrap up. No, we have one more bit of news. This goes out to the Vegas Golden Knights fans. Uh, their captain, Mark Stone, underwent a successful lumbar disectomy. I think I'm saying that right. I hope I am. Uh, the team expects him to make a full recovery just in time for the start of the regular season. So basically, he had a disc, part of a disc removed from his lower back, which makes a lot of sense considering how he how horribly he looked at the end of the season. He looked very uncomfortable awkward skating wasn't really leaning into his his hits or or anything for that matter so it's good to see that he's going to make a full recovery and they don't seem to be too worried about it my question is is it's only it was only two and a half months out why didn't they fucking do it sooner why didn't they have him go get that surgery as soon as he was injured that's that's cap, my take cap reasons is yeah i guess and then also you hope to have them to get into the playoffs and you're not for sure. I think there's a little bit of combination of everything. And then now you can get it done and reset for, for next year. That's my take. But I was going to say one other piece of news that blew my mind was, well, it didn't blow my mind that much. It's not that shocking, but Yarmir Yager announced at 50 years old, he's going to play his 35th professional season of hockey for his hockey team, the Czech Republic, Kladno. And on the same day, Car the accident. dude got plowed by a tram right on the driver's side door totally fine like a like a cut on the bridge of his nose totally <laughs> fine like even like my bad i didn't see it i was looking to the right it was coming to the left and boom and he was like no no one helped me like check everyone on that train i'm fine leave me alone go check everyone else out like and then, and then yeah he's like coming back for uh 35th season basically uh, Thomas Plakonic, Plik- who's from Czech Republic as well, who retired recently from the NHL. He's going to play with Jager. Goal is to get to the playoffs. Apparently that's Plakonic's, Plakonic, how do you say his last name? His like dream is to play for his hometown team with Jager and go to the playoffs and, and see what happens. And I mean, still never, it blows my mind. Owner of a hockey team and you're basically like, I'm putting myself on the roster to deal with it. And like, not only that, you're good still for that league's, I guess, level, if that makes sense. He's the real life Jackie Moon from literally from semi pro. Uh, you know, when nuclear winter happens and the apocalypse comes upon us, there will be cockroaches and Yamir Yager left standing. Sounds That's right. for damn sure. Uh, that movie Unbreakable with Bruce Willis, he, that was actually written about Yamir Yager. I didn't know if you knew that or not, but <laughs> no, he's just a stud, uh, killing it. And, um, you love to see it. Absolutely. And we're, we're glad he's okay because, you know, we don't want to lose Yamir Agar, um, you know, in, in any sort of tragic situation like that. If anything, I hope the other people are okay. Like you said, because apparently, apparently no other injuries thing. Okay. Him, so, yeah. yeah he, he probably put up just one finger and stopped, <laughs> stopped the vehicle. Cause he's just a fucking mutant, just a big old meathead. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's answer some questions. We appreciate you guys supporting us. Uh, we got a couple more episodes, obviously, to, for throughout the postseason. We're going to be 
coming at you every week and uh, and recapping each in every round. Make sure you follow us on YouTube at Fourth Line Goon. It's fourthlinegoon.com and on Facebook and all that great stuff. But let's answer some questions for the fans. Uh, question number one comes from a Sabe. I'm probably saying this wrong. Sieb, S-I-E-B-E-U-S on Twitter. He wants to know our game six prediction. I'm going to take the blues and another nail biter, four to two empty netter with a new, with a few seconds left. To put it to put it uh, simply, I don't see that happening. I don't think the blues have enough gas to to hold out that long for a nail biter against the Avs. As you said, they got lucky a lot in this game. It's going to be one-sided one way or the other. That's the, my take is either one team is going to change up their game too much to try to, to continue on the series or to end it in the Avs case. And um, I don't think it's going to be even close. Uh, it's hard for me to not say Avs in like a four to one, five to one scenario, but I could also see the Blues pulling a few tricks out of their, out of their ass as well. If the Blues win this game, it's going to be in some dominating fashion. Yeah, I think it's they just somehow put all the work boots on, find this next gear they haven't found really all series, and just take over the game. If it's a close game, I don't, I don't see them winning. You're, you're leaving the door open for McKinnon and McCarr and and Kadri and and everyone else to, to sneak something in. I, I I don't see it. So, uh, as a Blues fan, historically, even though we won the Cup three years ago, still very pessimistic, as I feel like most fans tend to be. But also, I don't think we mentioned it, but shout out to fucking Robert Bortuzzo. Literally saved the Blues season oh, yeah. with his fucking right hip. Bobby like, B. Pucks two more inches to the last game's over. It just fucking hits his hip and just sits there. It just dies. See, you thought it was his hip, but he actually just swung his big old fat <laughs> wrench at it, dude. And like, Bobby B, King Bortuzzo with the save of the game, honestly, like save the series single-handedly. It, it was literally like that shot Marshan had on uh, Bennington in the cup final where it just somehow hit like some weird spot on his body and just died when it should have just plowed right through him. But yeah, here, I'm with game. you though. Another I'm game. with you though. Final prediction though. It, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be some sort of blowout on either end. I think one team is either going to be rattled or the other team is going to be juiced up. And honestly, I don't know, man. I The Blues are going back home, right? The, the game six is in St. Louis. I, I see it being four to one Blues. That, that's that's my prediction. Uh, that's my, my blues hot Blues have take. only won in Colorado. I don't know. I don't know what to make Four it. to one St. Louis Blues. It's happening. Mark it down. It's going to go game seven. But I, I still think the Avs take the series, even though our picks were the Blues. Everything kind of got thrown out whenever Bennington got taken out, as far as I'm concerned. Um one more question. Stash Bramer, should dirty players like Nazem Kadri, PK Sluban, I like the, the word there, uh, Tom Wilson be banned from the league after multiple suspensions uh, due to safety violations, dangerous plays? I personally think after, say, three suspensions, they should receive a ban for the remainder of the season. And then from there, it should they should be banned from the league. Uh, what's your take on that? And then I'll, I'll wrap it up. I don't think that's ever going to happen, nor do I think it should, in my opinion. Don't like the guy. Yeah, they questionable hits. Yeah, they serve the time for it. These players know what they sign up for when they play hockey, especially the National Hockey League. There's going to be some tough guys roaming around, whether that's Tom Wilson or that's Ryan Reeves, whether that's Radko Gudis, whether that's Jacob Truba, you know, you name it. They're, they're going to be there. It's 
just always going to be a part of things. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't see it happening either. And there's three words that will support that: the Bertuzzi incident. Yeah, Bertuzzi yeah. wound up playing the rest of his career, and I mean, he ended another player's career, and you know, definitely. So, um, yeah, I don't see it happening. I think that the league is going to continue to suspend these players, and it's just going to hit them in their pockets, and it's going to hurt their teams, as we saw. Like I said, last postseason with Nazem Kadri taking that suspension. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Later, everyone.